You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So I hope by now, as we've been going through this series that I've titled Blessed, A Journey Through the Beatitudes, I I hope that in these first three weeks and now going into the fourth week, that we have seen that God's definition of happy is a lot different than the world's definition of happy. I spoke to someone this week, got a late call. And they were in a a time of desperation, a time of hardship in their life. And, you know, we get to those places. Anyone ever been there? You get to the end of yourself, and you find out that it's not a real good place to be. And so you call out and you cry out to God, and you find out that that is the best place to be. And so everything just kind of came together about the Beatitudes and how we really don't find happiness outside of God. So this week we're going to look at another Beatitude and we live in a world that has a philosophy that believes that we have the potential to be good or righteous in our own self. Most of us have been there at one time. I'm not that bad. I'm not as bad as my neighbor, and I'm certainly not as bad as someone that is in, uh, you know, another part of of, uh, town or maybe someone that's incarcerated or blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm I'm, kind of righteous in my own ability. And and then you look at that. I I was watching the, um, the debate this week, and and there were uh, 17 individuals that stood up uh, so they could talk to America and, and show them that, that they had ideas that are going to push this country forward. And I'm all for that. I'm all for listening to someone that is going to do good for our country. Amen? But in that, you, you, you listen and, and you see that, that there's something innate in us outside of God that, that we we, 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 we propagate, we, we say that we can do these things because we, we kind of have a righteousness in ourselves. In fact, one of the candidates, I, I heard the I word so many times that I was kind of like, dude, there's a lot of I in you. And that's a bad thing, right? And so we get to this place where we... Uh, you know, just look at our history. Look at the history of the world. Uh, people have signed treaties. They've signed agreements in marriages now. People sign prenuptial agreements. And, uh, and then what we see happening is that they have this, can't we just get along mentality? You know, can we just get along? Because I'm pretty good and you just need to shape up. But then you find out that these treaties and these agreements break because they're founded on individuals 
that are imperfect. The problem that we have is that we are all sinners. And I don't think that our sins is a problem. Sins, plural. I think our problem is that we are full of sin outside of God. Amen? Our nature is a sinful nature. And, and, and so you begin to find out, and I don't know about you, but I found out before I came to Christ that, that my life was a mess without God. And all these things that I thought were going to bring happiness actually brought destruction. And so we come to this place where, where, where we're at now. And Jesus, I want you to just think about the mentality of the disciples as they were hearing Jesus speak to them. And he gets to the fourth beatitude and he said, blessed or happy are those who hunger and they thirst for righteousness. And what I see happening right there is that he goes from the three first beatitudes that are really an internal experience. You internalize that you need to be poor in spirit, right? You, you get to the place that inside of you, 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 you get your empty and, and you're lost, and there's a void, and so it's internal, and then you cry out to God, and you say, I need you, and he fills you with who he is, amen? And then you get to the, to the next beatitude, and, and, and you find out that, um, that uh, blessed are those that, uh, that mourn, and, and again, you mourn inside, you, you cry because of the sin that you've lived in and the sin that you've committed. Uh, I, I, I put on Facebook yesterday Psalm 51, which is a psalm of, of, of King David when he was caught in, a, in, in, in an adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. And, and, and King David says, he says, Lord, I have sinned against you and you alone. But because of my sin against you and you alone, I have hurt a lot of people. And he said, I was born a sinner from my mother's womb. There's nothing good in me. And then he goes on, he says, create in me a clean heart. In other words, we can't, make, we can't do that in ourselves. There is no righteousness in us. There is, no, there is nothing good in us. But, but we mourn because of our condition outside of God. And then we become humble and we become meek. And that's what we talked about last week. And, and, and we, we, we're humbled because we understand that God's grace is so great for us. That we're humbled that God would love us as much as he does. Amen? We're hum- I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm humbled at the love of that God has lavished on me. He has he completely poured love onto me. And all the things that I've done, all the violations that I've committed against God, all the, the hurts that I have directed toward people, all of these things have been forgiven through the blood of Jesus. And that's all internal. You, 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 in your soul, your, 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 your spiritual being, you just internalize that and you, you grab a hold of how great God is and how bad you are. And when that happens, Jesus said, then happy are you when you hunger and you thirst to be righteous. 
to be right with God. And then he goes on and he says, because you will be satisfied. Right now, my mouth is dry. It is. I'm not just saying that. And so guess what I'm going to do? Mm. I quenched my thirst. And that's exactly what God does. He's, he'll satisfy your thirst for righteousness. He'll satisfy your, your hunger to be, to be right with him. And he does it through the person of Jesus Christ. And every believer, every believer, because the Holy Spirit dwells in us, we hunger for the things of God. One of our brothers here in the church, Benny Silva, he brought a point, he brought a point to me one time. He said, Pastor, sometimes we're hungry, but we're not hungry physically. We're hungry spiritually. We, you know, we don't miss, most of us Americans don't miss a meal. But we miss many meals of sitting with God and, and letting him feed us. Feed us the word. Feed us, feed us uh, a communication. Feed us in our dialogue with him. Feed us when we worship him. When we, when we raise our hands and we, we worship God because he's worthy. So blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And, and, and that, that begins to, to take us into an external focus because we go from here, I'm needy, I, I, I'm poor in spirit, I, I, I mourn over my sin. Inside of me there's a, there's a crying that takes place and then I, I, I come to this place, I'm meek. And then now we, 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 now we thirst and we hunger for this righteousness. And it's not even in our own power. It's not even in our own, in our own doing. It's the Lord working in us and through us to become hungry for his things. And so I put four things together that I think is going to help us. There's probably a lot more that we could, we could add to it, but four things that I see right away of, uh, of, of how we hunger and thirst for righteousness and how we can obtain that through his grace. Okay, Point number one, you will never be blessed seeking happiness. You will be truly happy when you find God's righteousness. So many people are seeking happiness. I just want to be happy. I just, I just want, all I want is just to be happy. Jesus never told his disciples to hunger and thirst after a blessed life. He never told us to hunger and thirst after a happy life. The reason for that is being blessed and happy is a byproduct of obtaining the things which God has ordained to produce true happiness and satisfaction. And so he says, you'll never be happy until you obtain righteousness. You'll never be happy. You'll never be satisfied until you obtain the righteousness that comes through Christ. Never.
The Bible says, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him. Without, uh, without keeping the requirements of the law as he promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are, for everyone has sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. And someone say amen to that. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. And he freed us us from the penalty of our sins through shedding the blood of Christ. To atone for every failure and to give us a right standing, to give us a righteousness that we have not earned in our own self. And that, beloved, makes me very happy. 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 If you're unhappy in your job, maybe it's not your vocation. If you're unhappy today in your marriage, maybe it's not your spouse. If you're unhappy today because of a family issue, a situation, maybe it's not your siblings or your sons or your daughter or your granddaughter or grandson. It might not even be your mother-in-law. But it might be. The, prob- the problem is probably because you're seeking happiness in the wrong source. See, if I seek my happiness in Shauna Reese, and I love her and she is amazing, but if I seek my happiness in Shauna, I know I'll be let down because she's imperfect. And if she seeks her happiness in me, she's setting herself up for failure because I'm very much imperfect. If we, if we think we're going to find happiness in our jobs, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure because jobs come and go. If you, if you think you're going to find happiness in your family, you're going to raise up your kids and they're all going to be wonderful and they're all going to do the right things and they're never going to mess up and they're going to go to college and they're going to do everything that you set out for them to do. I'm telling you right now that it's not going to happen that way. And so people set themselves up because they're, they're trying to find happy instead of trying to find God. The writer of Ecclesiastes, he wrote, I said to myself, I said to myself, let's go for it. Experiment with pleasure. Have a good time. But there was nothing to it. Nothing but smoke. What do I think of the fun-filled life? It's insane. It's insane. My verdict on the pursuit of happiness is who needs it? With the help of a bottle of wine and all the wisdom that I could muster, I tried my level best to penetrate the uh, absurdity of life. I wanted to get a handle on anything useful we mortals might do during the years we spend on earth. And he found out that it was all empty without God. 
And people all around us, people, people everywhere are trying to find happiness in a lot of different sources. And, and, and the writer of, of Ecclesiastes, who was Solomon, he's saying, I got a bottle of wine and, I, and, I, and all the wisdom that, 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 I, that I could muster myself and all these things. And I wanted to find this thing called happiness and I wanted to find it, but I, it, it was like chasing after the wind. Without God in your life, there will never be happiness. And without God in your life, there will never be righteousness. And when you have righteousness, you will be happy. Because you will be right with God, and he's the one that really matters. You know why it's impossible to find happiness in sources outside of God? Because every source outside of God is imperfect. Amen? The NFL's starting up, right? How many Dallas Cowboy fans we got here? Can I tell you something? They're probably going to let you down. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just predicting. And I know, Tina Bonner, they're starting, the, they're starting the season on your birthday. I know that, and it's a special year. Yeah, you know, you're, you're a Green Bay Packer fan or you're a, a, a Oakland Raider. Are they still in the NFL, Oakland Raiders? <laughs> I'm glad I'm not preaching in Oakland, right? <laughs> but the reality is that when we put our trust in imperfect conditions, in imperfect sources, you're never going to get true happiness. You're never going to get it. But when you put it in Christ, you will always, always find the happiness you need. How do we apply this, Pastor? Okay, number one, quit trying to chase after happiness and direct your attention on the righteousness that is found in Christ. If you're you're here today in church for a a feel-good sermon... Well, I hope this does make you feel good, but if you're here because you want to be happy, happy, happy just to be happy, I'm telling you right now, that's not what God wants. He wants you to be righteous in him. Amen? The the psalmist put it like this. The psalmist put it like this in, in Psalm 42. As the deer pants for water, as the deer pants for water, so my soul pants for you. Oh God, my soul thirsts for God and for the living God. Now, Jesus comes into this earth and he says this. Jesus stood and he cried out saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were going to receive. Are you with me, beloved? Jesus answers our question about how do we we get this thirst quenched? How do we get this hunger filled? We do it by believing and trusting in him. Point number two, you can never be truly righteous without God's grace. Meaning, you will never be happy without the experiencing of the grace of God. 
And God's grace is simply God's riches at Christ's expense. We receive all the riches of God through what Jesus did on the cross. And, and uh, you received a righteousness that you, will, that you have never earned and you'll never earn. And you've been justified through faith in the cross of Jesus. That's what grace is all about. Grace is earning something that we never, I mean, receiving something that we never earned. Sustaining something that we could never earn in our own self. It's given to us by God as a gift. The Bible says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exult in hope of the glory of God. We have the grace of God. So I, some of us maybe have read the Beatitudes and, and you read Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And you think, you know, I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to work it in myself. I'm going to have to do this, muster up the strength and become this righteous person in myself. You'll never do it. That's religion. You come to Christ. You receive the grace of God through faith. And then you stand in the hope of the glory of God. And every day is a good day. No matter what we're going through, no matter what our circumstances are, every day is a good day because we're walking in the right standing of the living God. Think about this. Those who obtain grace, you extend grace. Amen? When you earn something, when you've worked real hard for something, don't you say, you know what, I worked really hard all of my life. You need to work really hard to get your share. Oh yeah, we do that. When we work real hard and you've, wor- and you've done and you've done all these things, I worked hard all of my life. Look at what I've done. Look at what I've accomplished. You never do that with God. Doesn't matter how hard you work, you'll never be truly righteous because God is perfect. And his standard is perfect. But when you receive the grace of God through Jesus Christ, it changes your perspective. And then you extend grace to others. And happy people are those that give and they serve and they love and they give the grace of God to others who need it. You forgive people because you've been forgiven. In this conversation that I had recently with an individual, he was stuck because of something that's happened to him in his past. And most of us have had some bad things happen in our past. Some people have had worse than others. But sometimes your life is dictated by what happened in your past. Amen? You can't get past that. And so you can't really offer the forgiveness that you need. You can't extend the forgiveness that, that, that they need. And so you're stuck until you understand that God freely gave you forgiveness and love and righteousness, and because of that, you're able to extend it to others, and you're not stuck in your life. You're not stuck in the hurt. You're not stuck in the, in the, in the, in the, in the inability to move forward, because every time that you have that thought, every time that you hit that place in your life where things don't go your way, you will default to those hurts and your pains, and if you never release them, they will keep you bondage for the rest of your life. Blessed are those who walk in the grace of God. 
Pastor, how do I apply this point right here? You internalize the grace of God. That means let it become real. You internalize the grace of God and you allow it to permeate God's righteousness into every area of your life. There's an area in your life, beloved. I'm talking to someone today. There's an area in your life that you need to let the grace of God permeate. You either need to forgive yourself or you need to forgive someone else. If you haven't forgiven yourself, you're walking in unrighteousness. You're not good enough. You're, you're, I, I've just messed up. I'm, I'm bad. Or if you haven't forgiven someone else, you're walking in unrighteousness because you're not allowing them to, to become who God wants them to become. You need to release them. Amen? I love the way that Matt Chandler put it. The young pastor, I really, really love his uh, preaching. He said, without a heart transformed by the grace of Christ, we just continue to manage external and internal darkness. We just, we're just trying to get by with all of the garbage that's in our life. Point number three. God's righteousness is not an experience. It's a new position. The Bible says that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And and if you get excited about that, say amen. Anyone who belongs to Christ, you're not the same person that you were anymore. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And you cannot be truly happy if you don't grasp the fact that you're new in Christ. If you keep thinking that you're the same person you were, that you're a sinner that is saved by grace, and you, you think, I'm a sinner saved by grace, I'm, I'm nothing but a no good sinner, you're, you're going to act like a no good sinner. But if you think of yourself as I was a sinner, but now I've been redeemed through the blood of Christ and I'm a saint who's been blood, blood washed, blood bought, and you begin to walk in the newness of who you are in Christ, you will experience the blessed life. Amen? I know that hits people. Some people say, well, no, pastor, how can you say you're a saint? Don't you earn your sainthood? You don't earn nothing in heaven. It's been given to you through Christ. There's a denomination that, that's fixated that they canonize different individuals once they receive, once they get to sainthood. That's not biblical. The Bible says that we all are made right with God when we believe in Jesus Christ. There are so many people in churches who are seeking an experience today. They're seeking an experience. And what, what do I mean by that? They're seeking, if I just feel something, if I just feel something different, if, if something just happens, and so people go from church to church or they'll go to, from, from uh, conference to conference. I just want to get this experience. I want to experience God. And I want to get this thing happening to me. It's not an experience. It's a person that will change your life. And the person is Jesus Christ. Are you with me? The Bible says, all praise to God. I love this in Ephesians 1. It's great stuff. 
All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us, say with me, in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Man, think about it. I'm just going to stop right there. Pause. Pause right there. It gave God good pleasure that when he founded the world, before everything was laid out, he thought about me. He thought about James Reese and it gave him pleasure that he was going to take me out of a life of darkness and bring me into the kingdom of his beloved son. How amazing that is. How, how incredible that is. Amen? And in that goodness, in that, I'm in Christ. I'm not outside of Christ. I'm in Christ. It's not my righteousness. It's his righteousness. Jeez, coming out of myself right now. Yeah. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. I read that. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son, and he forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Notice that our joy, our happiness, our blessedness comes with our new position in Christ. Beloved, it's not an experience. It's not an event. It is your new position in the Lord Jesus Christ. When you, if you can grab a hold of that, it'll change your life forever. Let me tell you what happens to those people that change, I mean, that chase after events and experiences. They're up and they're down. They're up, and they're, oh, I feel God. I just felt God. No, you didn't. There were emotions. You just got excited because you were worshiping God. But God is everywhere you go. Doesn't matter if I'm at the hospital with my mom on her deathbed. Doesn't matter. God is with me, and I can be blessed in those places. My happiness is not dependent on my circumstances. My happiness is not dependent on an event. It's not dependent on an experience. It's dependent that I am in Christ. Pastor, how do I apply this? I would say allow the Holy Spirit to help you grasp your new position in Christ. And even more than that, practical, get into a 101, 201, 301, 401. Get into those classes. Get into uh, freedom in Christ and understand your position in Christ. Neil Anderson, he wrote this, and, and, and I just, I, I, very biblical. We're not trying to become children of God. We are already children of God who are becoming like Christ. We're not working to become children of God. So many people are working. They're trying. They're just working. They're running. Oh, I just want to become God's child. I just want to get better. I just, man, this is pretty good. I can exercise. It just... You're not trying to become a child of God if Jesus is your Savior. You are a child of God. Every day you're becoming more and more like Christ. 
Every day there's the sanctification process that's working in each one of us. Point number four, and I got to go fast. To be truly blessed and happy, we must embrace the holiness of God. The Bible says, you must be holy because I am holy. And we don't talk about the holiness of God very much in the modern church. But God calls us to be a holy people. We should, not only, not only should we, not only should we want to embrace the holiness of God, and let me tell you, let me say this, let me say this, you'll never be holy in your own works. And there's not levels of holiness, so it's not like God looks down and says, oh, uh, um, Bill Hill, he's holy up here, Frankie Hill, she's holy down here. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. You're holy in Christ. You've got his righteousness. You've got his, you've got his uh, 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 holiness. Amen? But we continually seek to be more and more like him. Every day we want to, those things that we do, those, those sins that try to come in, those, 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 the, the thoughts that come in. Let me tell you, there's someone in here that the devil's planning thoughts and he's trying to destroy your individual life, your married life your kid's life, all of these different things. He's trying to destroy you and you have all these thoughts going on. You need to recognize those aren't your thoughts. Those are the enemy's thoughts. And you begin to say, Lord God, I want to experience your holiness. I want to walk in your holiness. I want to, I want to embrace everything you have for me. I want to be that person to my spouse that you want me to be. Amen? We would, we would knock all the statistics out of the roof if we were to say, I want to walk in the holiness and the righteousness of God because you'll humble yourself in your relationships, in your workplaces, in your schools, and the, our society will be a better place because of God. I love the way that, that A.W. Tozer, he was a, a wonderful preacher and an author. He said this, he said, no man should desire to be happy who is not at the same time holy. He said, you're not going to be happy if you're not walking in the holiness of God. He should spend his efforts in seeking to know and do the will of God, leaving to Christ the matter of how happy he should be. Amen? Do you get that? We should be striving to become more like Jesus. Amen? And, And the happiness will come as God brings it into our life. But holiness is a wonderful trait. Walking in that holiness. So how do I apply this, Pastor, as as we close? And let's just thank God that we went through four points in in time, and I've got like three minutes. Thank you, Lord. That's pretty. Give the Lord a hand. Give the Lord a hand. How do I apply this? Seeking God's holiness is never condemning. But instead, it prompts us and it convicts us to become more and more like Jesus. Make time this week for a one-on-one with God. This is for all of us. It's God working on me right now. And allow the Holy Spirit to point out areas in your life that need a holiness makeover. Anyone ever had a, had a, a home makeover? How about a holiness makeover? Let me say this, God will never condemn you. 
God will never say, look at how bad you are. He will help, he will comfort, he will encourage, and he will free you. And let me end with this scripture. The Bible says that you are a chosen people. You are, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Father, gracious Father, thank you for imputing the righteousness of Christ on me the day I believed and trusted in Jesus. Thank you for wiping away my sin on the cross at Calvary. Lord Jesus, thank you for my new life, which comes through the reality of the resurrection. But I ask you to show me anything in my life that doesn't honor you. I am hungry and I'm starving for your righteousness. I am thirsty and I'm parched for your holiness. And I admit to you, Lord, that I have no goodness in me. In fact, there is nothing that I can offer you that will add to what you provided for me through the cross at Calvary. But Holy Spirit, I ask you to provide for me a righteousness that points to Christ and a holiness which glorifies God. And strengthen me to walk away from anything that does not bring glory to you. In Jesus' name we all pray. And everyone said, Amen and amen. Isn't God good? Let's all stand and worship Him. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.